0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: Ah, we couldn't avoid it. It's been hovering on the horizon for a while. We are totally not cool enough to cover this, Ray.
0: I am not. I am way too old.
1: What are we even talking about?
0: Short video. How short? generally 15-second videos set to music that are then shared.
1: Mostly into dedicated social networks, but you might have seen some on the traditional social media, such as, well, I know, I get them in YouTube, Facebook, messaging apps.
0: And for the last few weeks, a battle in short video between David and Goliath has been raging on the Chinese internet.
1: David being ByteDance, a Decacorn valued at something like $30 U.S. billion, according to Mary Meeker at least, and owner of Douyin, the hottest short video app right now in China. And Goliath
0: being Tencent, the $500 billion
1: giant behind WeChat, League of Legends,
0: and whose story I think we covered pretty well back in episode 5.
1: Yeah, definitely listen to that if you haven't, as that was one of my favorite episodes and might give you some additional color as to the battle that's raging right now.
0: Between ByteDance and Tencent. Who've now
1: both sued each other in court.
0: First, ByteDance-owned Douyin sued Tencent last month for 1 million RMB, or about 150K USD.
1: Then, Tencent sues ByteDance for a symbolic 1 RMB, or a cool 16 cents. Resulting in ByteDance suing Tencent right back that same day, June 1st, for $14 million. What were these lawsuits for, you ask? It's a very long story. So make yourselves comfortable, and we'll tell you guys how it all came to pass.
0: The president's key economic team goes to China.
1: Uh, after whole night thinking, I say I still want to do it. <laughs> Hi, everyone. We are Tech Buzz China by PanDaily, powered by the Seneca Podcast Network. We're a new weekly podcast focused on giving you a peek into what's buzzing
0: within the tech community in China.
1: We uncover and contextualize unique insights, perspectives, and takeaways on headline tech news that don't always make it into English language coverage. Tech Buzz China is a part of pandaily.com, a new English language site that tells
0: you everything about China's innovation. I am one of your two co hosts, Ray Ma. And
1: I wasted many hours on these short video apps this week, so you don't have to. And I am your other co-host, Yingying Lu. We'd like to take a sec here to give a shout out to some of our listeners who've written in. A huge thank you to Matt from Chicago, who took
0: the time to write us our very first review so far on iTunes. Thanks for the five star. And also Joyce Yang from Global Coin Research. Please, guys, write us more
1: reviews. It's super helpful. <music>
0: Okay, so while we
1: already gave you the headline, which is ByteDance and
0: Tencent suing each other... It's not
1: quite the 3Q war we talked about back in episode 5, but it's shaping up to be another epic battle.
0: How did we get here, though? To short video apps being the talk of the town.
1: That's a long story. I know, but let's do it. Let's start from the very beginning. Well... The whole short video thing can be traced back to Meipai, which was the video product to Meitu, Xiaoxiao. Meipai got hundred million users in its first nine months or so, and was even highlighted by Facebook exec Chris Cox as Instagram for video back in 2015. I used it,
0: and it really had most of the features you find in short video apps today. It had easy editing, lots and lots of filters, pre-installed effects and transitions, and very important easily insertable background music. The
1: filters were great, but that was expected because parent company Maytu's claim to fame is a selfie app that makes you beautiful with all sorts of filters and special effects. We're talking about
0: face whitening, face thinning, leg lengthening, makeup auto application.
1: (laughs) Their mission was to make the world a more beautiful place.
0: And guess what? It was successful. Almost no one in China posts photos these days without beautifying them first in Meitu or a similar app. But
1: if you want to know more about it, it's a public company in Hong Kong now, so there's a lot of info online. But back to Meipai. We
0: think that because Meipai grew out of a company that was great at making tools, which is what the Meitu selfie app is, and not content.
1: It was never really able to shift away from its original mission of beautifying life.
0: Its content was mostly beautiful people, whether
1: they were naturally or artificially so, sharing beautiful moments that they were having in the world. Now, step in a company called Xiao Ka Xiu, which literally means supporting cash show.
0: Within just two months, Xiao Ka Xiu hits the number one spot for free app downloads in China.
1: It basically worked very much like the app Dub
0: DubSmash dub Smash was an app that allowed you to dub over popular soundtracks with your own video and send it to your friends.
1: The South Casio team used a lot of celebrity and KOL, aka influencer, marketing in the beginning. Which helped a lot with initial traction,
0: but didn't work well in the long run because it was just too difficult for the average Joe to compete against real stars doing dubs.
1: Kind of ironic given the app's name, but something we're highlighting here because it's relevant to their successors, especially Kuaisho, which plays a prominent part later in this story.
0: Anyway, there was a huge opportunity here, and one that was especially obvious after Mei Pai, Xiao Ka Xiu, and a few others actually rushed to the top of the app charts, but fall back down. As Lei Jun would say, Even a pig can fly if it can find a place in the eye of a storm. And the, this was definitely some storm. Although for most of 2016 and the first half of 2017, this wasn't the storm most pigs were rushing into, because the bigger storm was in...
1: ta Live streaming! Mobile live streaming! Which we went over in
0: detail in episode 7, so please go back and listen to that, because that is super interesting.
1: Can I just say here that I really love telling listeners to go back to prior episodes? It feels like we have sort of a whole body of work already. Totally, me too! Yay! Okay, okay,
0: but back to live streaming. So while that was heating up the Chinese market and taking up free time of Chinese youth in 2016 and 17,
1: U.S. teens were all over this app called Musical.ly, which was very ironically made by a team of grownups in Shanghai who had failed at their first edtech product and by chance stumbled upon the idea of a video app for people to make music videos lip syncing to their favorite music.
0: Aha, short videos. Kind of like that app we mentioned earlier, Dubsmash.
1: Actually, pretty much the same. Wired even called Musical.ly the new dub smash.
0: Although that's really not to take away from Musical.ly's innovations, because the two definitely had
1: differences. Musical.ly was a social network from the get-go, while dub smash began as more of a messenger. But the biggest difference, Ray?
0: Musical.ly got to 200 million users and was bought for around a billion dollars at the end of last year.
1: By none other than ByteDance, aka
0: TouTiao. That's because ByteDance, being the growth-hungry company that it is, wasn't satisfied with the dominance of its flagship news product, Toutiao. It wanted other amazing products in its portfolio.
1: ByteDance, by the way, constantly experiments with new products, including longer-form, professionally made videos, as well as live streaming quiz shows, HQ style.
0: The core theme here being that ByteDance is really good at building content-driven social platforms.
1: It's also really good at monetizing them, usually through advertising, and had something like 2.5 billion USD in revenues last year.
0: And so, one full year before it acquired Musically, in September 2016, it had launched Douyin, which was very similar to Musically, but targeted at the domestic market. It basically cloned Musically before then buying it. Those of you outside of China right now might know Douyin by a different name TikTok. But in China, it's known as douyin.
1: Douyin, by the way, literally means "trill," you know, like the musical term. But we can't talk about douyin without talking about shou,
0: its nemesis.
1: Not its only nemesis for sure, but a main one. An arch-rival, if you will.
0: Because like anything in China, no good opportunity goes unobserved.
1: Back in 2013, Kuaishou, which means quick hand, had already launched and gotten popular in tier 3 and 4 and even 5 cities in China.
0: <laughs> I think those are just villages and farms at that point, not actual cities.
1: <laughs> well, whatever. And ex giggler saw the opportunity for short, very short video content to entertain these villagers.
0: And he was so successful that in the summer of 2015, a famous marketer said that when he was visiting Foxconn factories, he saw that many factory workers only had three apps installed on their phones, and Kuaishou was one of them.
1: Unfortunately, though, for Kuaishou, their user base was not well-liked by most brands
0: and not least because the users tended to favor certain types of content.
1: Ones that involved eating weird things, dancing weirdly, or just other stuff considered unsophisticated and quote-unquote low by city dwellers.
0: But were super popular anyway.
1: And if you remember from our episode 7,
0: this audience, comprising well over half of China's population who don't live in tier 1 and 2 cities,
1: really likes live streaming. And so while Kuaishou's high growth comes from the short videos, its revenues mostly come from live streaming, some gaming, and a little bit of ads.
0: Despite its lower-end user base, though, Kuaisho itself has some great pedigree.
1: It's seed-invested by Morningside, one of the best VCs in China, and followed on by Sequoia, DCM, Shunwei, Baidu, Lightspeed.
0: And guess what? Its latest round was $1 billion, led by none other than Tencent, at a supposed 18 billion dollar valuation in january of this year
1: and it just bought animation and video streaming platform ac fun like yesterday
0: literally yesterday so things are going good but Show is still very very worried about douyin yes because despite starting a full three years later douyin is catching up really fast
1: a year ago, when Kuaishou was already at 40 million DAUs, Yin only had a few hundred K. Fast
0: forward to this April, Kuaishou's MAU is 220 million, but Yin's is really not very far behind at 160 million.
1: Plus, Douyin's audience is generally regarded as more upscale, i.e. simply richer.
0: The saying goes, Northerners watch Kuaishou and Southerners Yin. Bei Kuaishou, Nan Yin. Because there is this long standing stereotype that northerners are less sophisticated, whereas Southerners are into lifestyle and finer things.
1: Northerners chomp on raw garlic and southerners, haha, ha, that's you and me, Ray. Sip on lattes. <laughs> that's right.
0: Ridiculous stereotypes, but you get our point regarding the different user bases.
1: Though Yun was also really smart to seize the branding opportunity from sponsoring the wildly popular TV show competition, The Rap of China last year, which many credit for their initial rise. It has also created a lot more memes than Kuaishou. For example, when I was in Xi'an last
0: month, everyone was telling me to go to this particular restaurant where after you drink rice wine, you smash the bowl it was held in. Sounds like old school kung fu movies. Yeah, totally stupid, but also totally viral. How does that make money, though? Well, when it reached a billion views a day last August, Douyin began to collect
1: advertising revenues. Besides the normal types of ads you would expect, it also put in some native video ads from hip brands such as Adidas and Airbnb. It also does this contest concept where brands can start a video contest. A popular one involving the hotpot chain Heidi Law resulted in orders of one particular ingredient to spike 17%.
0: Whereas Kwai Show, as we've said before, is not so good at
1: this. But what both companies seem to recognize is the need for more and better content. So Douyin already works with agencies that go out and discover talent and
0: have revenue splits in place with what they're calling multi-channel networks. We're basically groups that have at least 25 talents and monthly views of 80 million and more.
1: These groups are run very professionally, and some of their top talents are seeing 10 million new fans a month.
0: And with Douyin already integrating e-commerce functions into its videos, that could mean we may see some serious revenues real soon.
1: Kuaishou is also trying to find good content, although it insists that it wants to give everyone an equal chance, not just the popular or beautiful people. It's trying to stay more grassroots, more egalitarian, if you will. According to an employee, Kuaisho wants even someone uploading themselves just quote-unquote slapping the ground to get views for their content.
0: I think that's Chinese for boring.
1: The person even referred to this as decreasing the genie coefficient within their ecosystem.
0: Ooh, that's a liberal application of economic concepts, but I get their point.
1: Hmm. We'll see if that translates into good business.
0: So yeah, people are spending lots of time watching others lip sync, break bowls, heat hot pot, or maybe just slapping the ground.
1: A whopping 15 minutes per day, apparently.
0: Out of the four hours on average that mobile internet users are spending online in China.
1: And that, listeners, is what has everyone in the Chinese internet ecosystem very, very worried. There's Baidu and Alibaba. Who both recently announced that they will release short video apps, with Ollie's, of course, to be focused on e-commerce. But really, out of BAT,
0: Tencent is the one who may have the most to lose.
1: As the owner of QQ, WeChat, and of course, with all its really profitable gaming properties, Tencent will probably feel the most pain if users shift entertainment time from its products to short video.
0: So, no wonder that tensions between these two companies have been extraordinarily high. No surprise there, Douyin has had a long history of conflict. Back in March, Douyin users noted that sharing content to Weibo didn't work.
1: Like, they could share the link, but no one else could see it. So they suspected Weibo was blocking Douyin content. Users also complained of the same on WeChat. Then in April, Tencent announced that it was going to put in 3 billion RMB, or 470 million USD, in the next four months into subsidies for short video content creators for its own platform, Weishi. Coincidentally, at the same
0: time, ByteDance CEO Zhang Yiming noted in his WeChat moments, that quote-unquote someone is systematically writing bad stuff about Douyin.
1: Uh He posted proof that over 400 WeChat accounts were sending out negative news on Douyin.
0: And these were all hashtag fake news.
1: The clickbaity articles basically said that Douyin was ruining people's lives.
0: One WeChat article in particular said that I was ruining children's lives and was titled Doyin, please let our children go.
1: Right, that article focused on children replicating dangerous stunts from online which Doyin claimed were not from their platform.
0: And although this article wasn't from Tencent but from a third party with a WeChat official account,
1: Doyin sued Tencent anyway for a
0: million RMB. Things then became even more heated when in late May, Doyin wrote this official open letter titled Friends of Doyin,
1: we are sorry. The letter basically had screenshots that showed how Douyin's videos had been censored on WeChat and given an inappropriate content warning. But it got really, truly crazy when ByteDance, through its Toutiao News app, pushed a headline that said,
0: How many documents, which in this case they're referring to policies and regulations, will it take before Tencent stops? Stops what? Exactly. Weird title, right? Well, that's because the original title was actually... How many documents will it take to rein in the damage that online gaming is doing to our youth? A mouthful, certainly, but it did not mention Tencent in the title.
1: It was an article written by Sinhuanet an affiliate of China's state-owned news agency, and it really was quite a scathing essay on Tencent's addictive games and their horrible effects on youth. But again, it did not have Tencent in the title. In total's defense, it does look as if Baidu might have changed it in their news app first, both the title and attributing it to the state-owned agency instead of the affiliate.
0: Given that Baidu and Tencent are definitely not friends, that's not really surprising.
1: But unfortunately for Toutiao, they are the number one leader in news, and so when they push out the article with Tencent in the title, it did way more damage and really pissed off Tencent.
0: Like, really pissed. Because earlier this week in Beijing, Tencent sued ByteDance for one RMB or 16 cents, specifically mentioning this article and also the letter earlier, alleging defamation and asking for a formal apology.
1: But wait! It gets better, because the same day, June 1st, ByteDance fought right back with a 90 million RMB or 14 million USD suit for anti-competitive practices.
0: Which, as we know, if you go back to episode 5, is not the first time Tencent has been sued for such.
1: Whew! But now, at least, we're finally all caught up in the story.
0: Yep, finally. But what will happen next?
1: Well, we haven't seen Tencent be this aggressive for a while with anyone not named Alibaba or owned by Alibaba. So who knows what they'll do?
0: Yeah. And because it's content and because content rules in China are incomplete and censorship is very real, I think it's not going to be that difficult for Tencent to screw over ByteDance if it wants to.
1: Right. Content is really, really tricky.
0: ByteDance knows that really well, too, because one of its other content apps, Neihan got shut down earlier this year, which is a story we covered way back in episode one. So long ago. I know, so long ago. But that means with Tou Tiao, the news app, pretty much saturated in China, and Neihan shut down, Douyin is really carrying the burden of ByteDance's growth at this point. So I think ByteDance has no choice but to fight back. Against Tencent, the Goliath. Remember, it's not just Tencent here, but also Tencent invested Kuaishou and all the other internet giants we mentioned who are launching their own short video apps.
1: There is a potentially large revenue opportunity in short video that Douyin and Kuaishou are just scratching the surface of. And which still seems up for grabs. So if you think video is the future, which I certainly do, then you should pay attention
0: to this fight. Who will win? Well, for my part, I hope no one, because... I think watching lip-syncing videos is a waste of life.
1: We'd like to give a shout out to our partners at Subchina. In addition to our podcast here with Daily, they publish the excellent Sinica podcast, a weekly discussion of current affairs on China with journalists, writers, academics, policymakers, and business people.
0: So while we only focus on tech, they really give you the entire overview. SubChina Hand in Hand with GGV also publishes the GGV 996 podcast, which interviews top tech leaders in China tech and investment. Okay, that's all for this week, folks. Thanks for listening. We really enjoyed putting this together and are always open to any comments or suggestions. You can find us on Twitter at the pandaily. And my personal Twitter account is Rayma, spelled R-U-I-M-A.
1: My Twitter is spelled G-I-N-Y, G-I-N-Y again. We will be back here same time next week. Tech Buzz China by Pandaily is powered by the Seneca
0: Podcast Network. Pandaily.com is a new English site that tells you everything about China's innovation. Our producers are Carol Yin and Kaiser Guo.